Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey friends, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. It's a solo episode today. And I, you know, I put a lot of thought into what I make these topics because I really want it to be something that's beneficial and and trying to be beneficial for anybody that's listening. So I, the, for the most part, I see who's listening to this are other marketing and PR people um, or people who own businesses and they're like trying to hack stuff themselves. So they want to learn more about marketing. So today's episode is actually inspired by one of the biggest things that I hear from people, like when they reach out to hire us. Uh, and that's kind of, I use that a lot to like figure out the topics for these episodes is like, what are the questions that people are asking me in day-to-day life in the agency? Um, and so today's is all about, uh, this is for the business owners. All right. And uh, it's probably helpful too, for other PR marketing people, but, um, so one of the biggest things I hear when someone reaches out to hire us, I always hop on a call with them to learn a little bit about them and their business and, you know, um, why they, why they're reaching out and honestly, just like to gather some info about what we could do for them and what their needs are. And it's always interesting because sometimes people come to us and they tell me what their their need is. But when I really start talking to them, like that, that's really not what they need. Um, but I digress. What I hear most people say is, I've tried everything. I've tried it all. The print ads, the digital ads, the social stuff. I We're on social media. We have email marketing. We have text marketing. We have... We've tried radio. We've tried uh, They're just kind of like at the end of their rope because nothing's working or they don't see what's working. And so that like literally those words, I've tried it all. That is like on repeat in my life. I've tried everything. Um, and a lot of business owners are really overwhelmed at the amount of options. I mean, and I get it. Like, look at all the stuff that there's that's out there. Like, there's digital ads, there's, you know, partnerships, and there's events, there's buying print ads, there's, you know, email marketing, there's so much that, you know, so many options for them to market their business, that people are just overwhelmed by and and they don't know really what's a fit for them. So what I see is that people are trying everything, or they listen to podcasts, and you know, they hear something on a podcast, and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna do that. And they they start it, And they don't really see it all the way through and then it doesn't work. And then they throw their hands up in the air and they're like, that didn't work. That person doesn't know what they're talking about. No, you didn't give it a chance to see it all the way through. So I get it though. Like there's a lot of frustration and marketing is not, um, I'm not going to say it's hard. It's almost like you've got to be willing to test things and see things through for a while. Not everything is going to work on the first try. 
So you got to be able to and willing to tweak. And if any marketing or PR agency is out there telling you that they know exactly what to do, and and yeah, like in a way, like we do know some tactics and strategies that will work for you. But if they're promising you a specific outcome, that's BS because none of us know it all. You know what I mean? But we are like little scientists. I always say this: we're we're like marketing scientists where we we make a hypothesis. It's an educated guess based off of our experience. And a lot of times the hypothesis can be really, really close, but then you still have to take it and tweak it based on that person's business, that person's industry, that person's, um, you know, location. So marketing is a process. You're not going to flip it on and it'd be perfect overnight. So I put together this podcast episode because I just wanted to give a little bit of direction to those people that are probably listening right now. Like, yes, that's me. Like I've tried everything and I, I don't know what worked. I I mean, we, we got some people coming in the door, but like, I don't know what did it. Uh, you know, there's just a question mark. So if you are that person, if you have quote, tried it all, here's what I'm going to tell you to do first. Okay. And you may not like this <laughs> is you need to go look at your freaking data. Okay, people avoid this like the plague. And I don't know why. I'm like, this is the answer. Okay, this is the answer. Look at the data that you have and the data will guide you. I can't tell you how many business owners I've worked with that they have totally operated their entire business off of feelings. Off of, I feel like this is going to work. I feel like this is where we should advertise. I feel like this is what we should do. And honestly, that, you know, you're, there's something to be said for a gut feeling, um, but facts are better. When you're talking about business and money and, and structure, you can't operate off feelings. You got to operate off facts. And the only way to find the facts is to dig in and look at the data. And I get it. It gets overwhelming because there's so much data, too. So here's what I will tell you. Okay, number one, Google Analytics. If you don't have Google Analytics installed on your website, Literally stop this episode right now and go to just Google, Google Analytics, make an account. You're going to get a little code, send that to your website person. Um, or if you're doing your own website, y- you can drop it in and it's like an invisible code that tracks everything that's going on on your website. Who's coming? Where are they coming from? What city are they in? Are they male or female? Like there's just like so much data that Google Analytics will show you about your website. Okay. So that is probably the the number one most important thing. And I can't tell you most people, I can't tell you how many people, when I ask them if they have Google Analytics, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, And what's a bummer is that When you install it, you can't see the data from before it. All it's going to measure is moving forward. You know, the moment that you put the code on the website, then it starts measuring the traffic. So what's a bummer is that like, you know, the longer you go without it, you're just missing all this powerful data that can help tell you where to go. Okay. So number one is Google Analytics. Number two, look at your social analytics. You know, um, I mean, people look at like, oh, we got this many new followers this month or our engagement rate is this. But I would dig in and actually what I like to look at is your top three posts and your lowest three posts. And that will usually tell you like people are engaging with this and they're not engaging with that. So then moving forward, you can refine your 
uh, social content to include more of the stuff that they're engaging with. So looking at your social analytics is powerful. Um, If you're doing email marketing, yeah, look at your open rate. Also, like, look at your actual, um, look at the click-through rate, okay? So that's important. Open rate, if you're higher than, like, 15% open rate, like, that's considered strong. If you're in the 20s, very strong. Anything above that, you're crushing it, okay? Um, So that's just a little generic statement for you. Uh, again, my words, uh, like my mouth, my dad used to say, my mouth isn't a prayer book. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not God. I'm not the marketing God. Um, but that's just like a, an overall standard that I'll share with you. <clears throat> Anything above 15% is a good open rate, but look at what they're clicking on in each email. If they're always clicking on the same type of content in your email, hmm, okay. These are all giving you little hints about how to move forward. Um, if you're doing text campaigns, like see what people are engaging with the most or see what they're responding with the most or what, you know, if you include a link in the text, like which links are getting the most action, you know? So, and in some of these platforms, if you're not already measuring, you know, obviously you've now got Google analytics set up, right? Right. Okay, good. If you're not measuring in some of these other ways, like, Think about, you know, like print ads, you know, how do you measure a print ad? If you're putting, if you're paying, you know, to have a magazine ad every month, how are you measuring that? It is kind of hard to measure print, but one thing you can do is put a QR code on the website. I mean, on the ad. So you can at least see how many people are scanning that QR code. Um, Or if you offer something specific in that ad that you're not offering anywhere else and people are coming in asking about it, that's another way. But yes, print is probably the hardest one to um, measure, but sometimes the goal of a print ad isn't to sell stuff. The, the goal of the print ad, it really is going to be awareness, okay? So you just have to remember that sometimes the, the goal for some of these platforms and, and efforts isn't always to sell stuff, it's to get people into your funnel or awareness, or there's, there's a lot of different goals. Like, And I see that from business owners a lot too, is they're so obsessed with everything being related to a sale. And I do understand and agree that you should look at your ROI on what you're doing 100%. But you also have to remember that sometimes some things, the goal is it's more top of funnel. Okay. So if you're not a marketing and PR person, when you hear me say that, Um, Your top of funnel stuff is like you're throwing out a wide net and then you start, you get them on your email list, you get them on your text campaign, then you nurture the relationship, then they buy. A lot of uh, business owners, they, they're, they're trying to skip the whole funnel. They're like, I want to put this ad here and then I want people to buy a ton of these products. Like, no, will you get some sales off of stuff? Yeah, probably so. But You've got to nurture people. I always use the um, example of like proposing on a first date. You don't propose on a first date. How creepy is that? You know, so if people don't buy from you on the first go round, that does not mean that the campaign or you should stop doing email marketing. They're not buying from this. I quit. No, like there's something to be said about staying in front of people, keeping yourself visible. You know, sometimes, you know, you're not in the business of selling, selling, selling all the time. Minor little rant. Um, 
So anyway, I go back to, you can put QR codes on your print ads. You, on social media, you could use Bitly. We use Bitly all the time. I love Bitly. It's um, a trackable link system. So you pull a link of where you want to send people, you drop it in Bitly, and it makes one of those cute little short links, and you can customize it. And then you can see how many people clicked on it. So use Bitly on social or, you know, in other areas where you're trying to see how many people are clicking on things. Um, And also, like, there's something to be said for the good old-fashioned ask your clients how they heard about you. When you get a new client that comes in the door, and again, I don't know what what type of business everybody listening is in. It just depends on your business. But when you get somebody into your business and you ask them, hey, how'd you hear about us? You, you can't stop there, okay, because the customer doesn't think the way we do, okay? We're marketing people. We're trying to get to the core of, like, where did you discover that I exist, okay? That's what I want to ask them. But you have to start off with, hey, how'd you hear about us? And I can't tell you how many customers or clients are going to say, oh, Google, And then you ask them, okay, here's the key. When they say Google, you say, okay, did you Google, you know, um, Pensacola Boutique? Did you Google Pensacola, you know, uh, Women's Boutique? Or, And you try to dig in a little bit more about what they actually Googled. And usually what I see is when you ask that next question of like, well, what did you Google? They'll say, oh, I Googled your name. And you're like, okay. And they're like, yeah, I saw the billboard on 23rd Street, and then I Googled your name and got your phone number. So see, they didn't hear about you on Google. They heard about you because of your billboard. Okay, totally random example, but you're following, right? They heard about you from the billboard, then they Googled to get your phone number. But again, the customer doesn't think the way we think, y'all. The customer thinks, oh, I found your phone number on Google. That's how I found you. Done. So that's why I tell you like that just asking how did you hear about us is not really enough. You really kind of have to like take that second get like that second step and kind of dig Um, just because you are trying to get to the moment that they found out you existed. That's what you're really trying to figure out. So um, so number one, if you've tried it all and you feel like nothing's working, I want you to go get nasty hands deep, you know, like elbows deep in all of your data, every number you can pull up and look and see what is working. Okay. So that actually leads us to number two is look and see what is working. What, and I ask this to everybody that calls us to promote, like to work with us. Um, I just straight up ask them like, well, how are you getting clients right now? How are you bringing patients in the door right now? How are you getting customers right now? And they'll say this, this, and, you know, usually this is working or that is working. So, you know, you kind of got to dig in and see what's working and how you can pour gasoline on it. And going back to number one, I know digging through some of this data is like really monotonous, but let me tell you why it's worth it. Okay. And usually when I tell business owners this, then they're ready to play ball. It's going to save you money. It's going to save you thousands upon thousands of dollars because the stuff that isn't worth your money, you can stop doing it. It's a beautiful thing. You know, like when you look at the data and you see like, wow, we're not getting any customers from this, you know, in the last four months, you can stop doing it. 
unless it's something like social media. You got to have social media. Media. You can't just stop social media. Um, social media again. The goal of that is not really selling. The goal of that is like creating a relationship with people. So again, like, but you know, I'm talking about like paid advertising. If you're doing a bunch of paid advertising in all these different platforms, and and after six months, one of those platforms is legitimately not having any return on investment, then you can pull it. But the mistake I see business owners making is that they don't look at the numbers. They go off their feeling and they're like, yeah, this billboard isn't working. I'm pulling it. And it actually was working, you know, because they're so intimidated by numbers and data or they don't know which numbers to actually pay attention to. And I, I get that. That's valid point. Okay. They don't know what numbers to pay attention to. And they just see all these numbers and they're like, so what does all this mean? So basically I call us like we're, we're translators for our clients. We send them a report every month, um, looking at the month before at all their numbers. And I fully expect them to gloss over on some of it because it's a lot of numbers. So what I do is when we send them that report, our creative director actually gives you like a, an overview. She attaches it, but then she says like the three biggest things t- we took away from the the report is these emails are performing really, really strong. People, Tons of people are clicking on this, okay? B, this type of content on social is not working. It's falling flat, so we're going to cut that for next month. C, so like we give people like a quick overview of what the data actually means and how we are pivoting or continuing based on what it says. Okay. So don't let it get overwhelming for you. You know, pay attention to the numbers that matter. And some of that stuff is just like, I mean, it's cool to see it, but it may not really guide any any of your decision-making. So number two is see what's working. And for the things that are working, how do you pour gasoline on that? How, if you're, you know, geofencing ads are crushing it. Well, let's go. Let's freaking pony up and add more to it and see what it's going to do, you know? So that's number two. Um, And number three, okay, um, if things aren't working or you feel like you've tried it all, you know, let's say you have a campaign going and um, it hasn't really done, you haven't gotten any return on it. Don't scrap it just yet. Okay, we actually had this happen with a client recently where they were offering a program and they got like almost 300 people into the the email funnel and we didn't sell any. So um, instead of just like stopping and being like, well, guess we, you know, we didn't we need a different offer. Maybe it's not the offer that's wrong. Maybe it's the messaging around it. Because obviously you've got people that are interested. You got over 300 people in the funnel. I can't remember exactly how many, but it was a lot. You got over 300 people in the funnel and nobody sold. Okay. So don't lose heart. Let's tweak it a little bit. And usually, you know, we even uh, looked at this on Thursday. I feel like we needed to nurture them a little bit more. And the client agreed too. So then we started brainstorming like, okay, how do we lengthen this out instead of like, we sent them one email and um, that had info on the program, and then it immediately encouraged them to click through to watch another video and then buy. So I'm like, okay, maybe the funnel's too short. Let's make it longer. So then we added in three nurturing emails that literally just provided value before we ever even gave them something to buy. We didn't even offer them anything to buy in the first three emails. 
you know, so I'm excited to see how it goes. And, and again, like don't, sometimes you just got to tweak it a little bit. Don't just completely scrap something because it didn't work on the first try. You know, you've got to give things time. You know, when we have clients that sign on, I make them commit to six months with us and people are like six months. Oh my gosh. Why, you know, why am I committing that? That's so long. If it doesn't work, I, I, I need to be able to get out of this agreement. And I'm like, look, it takes us three months to really get your stuff organized, get your plan built in, in the first month. Month two is when we really start hitting the ground executing. Month three is when we can finally actually look at some data based off of what we did in month two. And then it takes us a little while to learn your business and tweak. So we need month four, five, six to tweak and start getting things to work. So that's why I make people commit to six months. And, you know, we live in a world of instant gratification and business owners hear all this advice through podcasts, just like mine. They hear all this advice, but sometimes the, oh, it bothers me or it annoys me because the advice they're giving them that other people's podcasts, not mine, right? Okay. (laughs) Other people's podcasts sometimes give business owners, unrealistic expectations. You know, these, these YouTube channels or these podcasters make things sound like you do this and then poof, you're a millionaire. And then you retire at age 40. You know, like they don't uh, no. some of that's not realistic and they don't show the nitty gritty grind of refining things. So, you know, just managing expectations is a, a whole thing. So, you can't come into this expecting it's going to be perfect on the first shot and poof, you sell a million. If that happened, heck yeah, that's awesome. That'd be great, you know, but it's not going to happen every time. You're going to have to refine things. And usually if, and like, just like our client example, if you're getting a bunch of people in the funnel, if you're getting people interested in their, you know, inquiring about a service or a thing, and then they're not buying, it's either the price the messaging, or you're trying to sell them too soon. One of those things is usually the culprit. So overall, here's what I'll say. When you've tried it all, number one, look at your data. You got to operate off of facts, not feelings. Number two, see what's working, pour gasoline on that. And number three, look at your messaging. You might not um, be clear enough on what you are uh, offering. Actually, speaking of this, I just did an episode a few weeks ago um, that was like four reasons you aren't making sales. Go listen to that episode because we go into more about this whole like messaging and how you need to be clear, not cute. Um, So go listen to that episode because I do think that would be very, very valuable um, to look at that. So and honestly, the last thing I'll say is this. Sometimes you need to seek outside counsel. I hired a business coach uh, for the first time in 2020, and lo and behold, I had the biggest year in business ever, and it, it was not cheap, okay? So then, and I'll never not have a business coach moving forward. It is so valuable, okay? So 2021, I hired a different business coach. Biggest year in business yet. We topped 2020. 2022, hired a different business coach, and poof, we literally doubled, So even though these things are expensive, you've got to see it as valuable growth tactics for your business. Um, 
uh, you don't have to change coaches every year. For me, that's been great. You know, maybe you stick with somebody for one or two years if y'all are really jiving. But I do think it's good to occasionally switch it up to get a different take on your business. And they all, I feel your pain. If you're a business owner out there, I am too, okay? Sometimes you get so involved in your own business and you've been doing it for so long and you've been operating this way for a so long that you can't see, what is it? You can't see the forest for the trees. You know, you're so in it that the answer is so obvious and it's right there, but you're so in it, you can't see it. Sometimes you need an outside person to take a good, honest look at your business and say, hey, why are you doing things this way? Or what if you did this way? What if you said this instead of this? Like just an outside opinion sometimes, especially from someone who is knowledgeable um, in that arena. Okay. So, you know, don't, I see so many like 22 year old life coaches on Instagram. It just makes me giggle. Um, Ain't nobody hiring a 22 year old life coach. Okay. Sorry, life coaches. If you're listening to that, sorry, 22 year olds. Um, actually a 22 year old life coach would probably be a great life coach for a 15 year old. You know, you need to hire somebody who has already been where you are. So like I have mentors that have owned their own agencies. Actually, I, from day one, one of my biggest mentors throughout my career is a lady named Kay Phelan. Shout out Kay. She owned her own agency, um, in Atlanta, sold it off for, you know, uh, and she retired before 40 or somewhere around 40. But Kay has been such a good help to me because she has literally been where I am. Same thing when I mentor these girls on my team. I have done every single task that they're doing. So I get it. When they run into a problem, I'm like, oh, yeah, do this, 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 and this, and poof, fixed. Thanks. It's so easy because I've done everything they're doing. So I would encourage you, you know, at some point in your business, I know if you're like a startup and you're trying to like ball on a budget, I get that. But at some point, especially with your marketing, you've got to let somebody do it who knows what they're doing. So even if you're not hiring an agency, maybe you're hiring a consultant just to look at what you're doing and give you feedback so that your team can execute. So that's actually one of the newest things that we've been doing. Um, You know, we have the agency where we work with clients and like we're their full-blown team. We're executing everything for them, but we're also now offering to just build plans for people. So I don't know if that's something that you're interested in. It's a one-time fee where we come in, we have a call, we get to know your business. We come back to you with a full-blown marketing and PR plan of like, hey, if I owned your, you know, um, functional medicine practice, here's, here's the marketing plan I would put in place. Poof. And we hand it to you. We teach your team how to do it. And then off you go. So I would really encourage that. Even if it's not with us, like find somebody who is an expert in what you're struggling in and hire them. (laughs) It's going to be the best money you've ever spent. Not only will it get it off your plate and you'll have more time as a business owner, but you're going to have an expert who's going to have a totally different outside perspective. And that is so, so valuable. So Hopefully this episode was valuable for you. I'm such a data nerd and I'm going to preach it forever and ever. Amen. Like just, you know, the data will surprise you sometimes. I've had clients that are so hard nosed of like, I've been running this business for 25 years. I know this market. I've lived here my whole life. I know exactly what my clients are going to say in this blah, blah, blah. And then when we actually pull up the data, they are wrong. 
and they eat their words. And they're like, oh my God, it's so eye-opening. So, you know, just because you've been doing it forever, yeah, you probably do have really valuable insight. Same thing for me. I've been doing marketing and PR for over a decade. I've probably got a lot of valuable insight for you, but that doesn't mean I know it all. I still look at data because the data will surprise you sometimes. I'm a data nerd. All right, guys. Thank you for listening in. I'm totally open. If you've ever got a podcast topic, I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to give me a shout on Instagram. It's the Whitney Lee. You can find me on LinkedIn or you can hit up the agency, truestorypr.co. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag true story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.